This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM, and it's Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Nam. And this is Jamal Dejani. Well, Jamal, it's uh, Trump, Kushner, Lies, Books, and Videotapes. I don't even know where to start. Do we start with the extent of the enormity of the ongoing lies that have befallen and continue to befall the uh, Trump administration. You know, basically, uh, the New York Times has reported that he lies anywhere from five to eight times a day. So <laughs> he, he lies quite a bit. My prediction about Jared Kushner being indicted this year is looking better and better all the time. We're going to talk about Jared Kushner's financial benefit from the state of Israel while he was in the transition team for the Trump administration. But Jamal, and then the book, of course, you know, the Wolf book, which we'll talk about today. I just don't know where to begin. There's well, just so well, much. Well, let's start a little bit with the lies. And you're correct. In less than a year, Trump lied more than 2,000 times or misled people or twisted the facts in however way or shape or form you want to explain it. That's a lie. Someone, luckily someone, you know, just kept a tab and they've, a lo- they've, a big tab, man. they've logged a big tab, you know, from talking about building the wall between us uh, and Mexico. Mexico paying for it. So, right. you know, and they've uh, put that in quotes, you know. Remember when he said, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually using his quotes, meaning Trump's quotes, we can build the wall in one year, and we can build it for much less money than what they're talking about. And Mexico will pay well, for it. Well, a year passed by. No wall. No wall. So under no scenario can the wall on the Mexican border be built in just one year. Anyways, this is everybody knew that. I mean, it's not like we're talking about five miles, ten miles. We are talking about a stretch that stretches from coast to coast. Uh, you know, the borders between us and Mexico. So under no scenario can the wall on the Mexican border be built in just one year. It's at least a four-year project that could, that could cost $25 billion. Be with a, be with a boy, billion. Yeah, yeah. And who's going to pay for that? Mexico. Well, we know Mexico is not going to pay for it, but that's just more in the in the disinformation and the, the, the attempt to, to basically lie about about these things. Now, don't forget, Jamal, as you're going through these lies, remember, he's a genius and he's very stable. So even even stable geniuses lie. Well, talking about the geniuses, and this is something actually new. This is separate uh, from the actually the uh, Washington Post article about his 2000 lies and people have been picking up on this. A big lie. And I'm sure everyone, all of our listeners heard Trump I don't know how many times always saying how brilliant he is. Brilliant he is because right. he went to the Wharton School. You know, when I when I talk about when I talk about the Wharton School, immediately what comes into your mind? Well, it's a business school. It's an MBA school. Exactly that. That I received an MBA from the Wharton School. But guess what, Jess? Someone actually investigated this, and 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 hopefully we we will get his transcripts like he was asking for Obama's birth certificate. 
But according so far, this is an early investigation. This is a real important because this would be a real big lie because he's been like marketing himself as a Wharton School MBA. Yeah, he's been uh, saying he's graduate. a basically that he's a Wharton MBA. Well, yeah. someone actually looked into this and the fact of the, of the matter that he actually went to Fordham University in New York then transferred to the University of Pennsylvania, which which has the Wharton School, but he actually studied economics undergraduate at the University of uh, uh, at the University. So, are you saying of, he ne- actually never well, went to the Wharton? So school? far, there is no proof of whatsoever that he had received an MBA from the Wharton. I school. want to see the. I, I want. I want to see the um, transcripts. I want to see the certificate. I, I actually. W- you know, it's kind of weird because of the way that he, he brags so much. I'd like to see a copy of his Wharton MBA diploma. That's what I'd like to see. You won't find one. According to this new investigation and soon to be revealed with all the details, you won't find one. As far as, as, far, as, far as of this moment... Uh, I think somebody should ask him this. One well, of one, of, one, one of, of the reporters. Can one we see of the your reporters. diploma? Yeah, he's been. He was asking for President Obama's birth certificate for years. He's one of the founders, if not the founder, of the birther no. movement. Yeah. And now people should be asking him. We'd like to see your MBA from the Wharton School. Yeah. Well, so, well, part of part part of that, as 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 we've been saying, is that with with the culture of of lying and the and the culture of misunderstanding and not being true to the facts of basically ignoring reality and ignoring facts the trump administration is creating a culture of you know delusion illusion and irreality jamal that basically and we're going to get into this because you know when we talk a little bit about his uh, his son-in-law and we talk a little bit about what the us ambassador to uh, the state of Israel said, they just will make things up. And that reality has no basis uh, in foreign policy. Reality has no basis in running the government. And reality has no basis in legislating. So we're, we're entering a new era. It's, it, all, it's all smoke and mirrors. So, but we will talk about the son-in-law. Okay. One more thing, because oh, this yeah. is something uh, that concerns all Americans. You know, this is one of his biggest claims. You almost hear him repeating this on a daily basis, taking and celebrating, taking credit and celebrating the rise in the stock market. He actually uh, did that over uh, 90 times, uh, even though in the campaign he repeatedly said that it was a bubble. So people, you know, people have short memory. I don't. He I was don't. like talking about a bubble that was ready to crash as soon as the Federal Reserve started raising interest rates. Well, the Fed has raised rates four, four times, times right. you know, since the election. And yet the stock market has not plunged as Trump predicted. It has continued a rise in stock prices that began under President Barack Obama, Obama. That's right. in 2009. You know, he's always trashing uh, Barack Obama. Uh, and again, Trump has never explained his shift in position on the stock market, making his consistent cheerleading misleading. So now the stock market is doing 
great. He's taking all the credit, even though I didn't start uh, under his administration. Well, yeah. If something, I guarantee you, if the stock market starts dipping, he's going to blame Obama. He's going to blame Obama. No, actually, he'll probably blame Hillary Clinton. And by the way, he continues to make the same mistake, Jamal, that he falsely equates the stock market with the economy. And, and we know that these are two really independent forces. How the stock market does for the elites of the world is one thing. And yes, it, it may be doing well with the numbers. But in terms of the real economy, wages have not gone up substantially. He was touting this big thing about black unemployment being the lowest it's been in years. But what he's not talking about is where African-Americans are working and whether or not African-Americans have a seat at the table with the, you know, with higher paying jobs, for example. So it's not so much that you're working, but are you actually working in jobs and in sectors of the economy where you really have power and authority? And in that regard, all you have to do, Jamal, and my favorite thing in, in watching a Trump uh, conference, press conference, and you saw this at Camp David, Mm -hmm. it, it's, 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 it's insulting. I mean, it's a bunch of old white guys, number one. There's one woman, token woman at the end, happens to be white also. But the lack of fundamental diversity in terms of ethnically and in ethnicity and gender is staggering in this uh, administration. And if that doesn't, you know, reflect a lie, because, it, you know, it's not a reflection of our our country. It's not a reflection of our society. It's not a reflection of the world. So, you know, the lies beget lies. They live on lies. And then, you know, what eventually happens to someone who lies so much, Jamal, they end up getting caught up in their own lies. Well, uh, you're absolutely right. And I know I want to uh, not switch gears, but transition <laughs> into your favorite subject and your first favorite persona, Jared Kushner. I, I don't and how know. does he fit in in these lies? Well, Jared, Jared Kushner is probably, if Donald Trump is the liar in chief, uh, we would have to say Jared Kushner is a close second. And his attorney, Abe, Abe or Abe Lowell, uh, is uh, right there behind him. And basically what, what we're finding out, and we've heard this so many times, that the Kushner uh, companies do not benefit from Jared Kushner's position and role in the Trump administration. Well, what the Washington Post and New York Times and other, uh, you know, uh, investigative reporting, even Haaretz is reporting this, that it looks like Jared Kushner, while he was um, working for the Trump transition team and working for the Trump, uh, you know, the Trump team before, I think it was maybe a few weeks before he went to, to broker a peace deal, received a $30 million loan from one of the largest Israeli companies directly to the Kushner company. And also it appears that one of the largest banks in the state of Israel, Bank Hapolim, I'm probably mispronouncing it. Hapolim. Hapolim has also been giving copious amounts of money to the Kushner companies. It, this 666 building on Fifth Avenue, Jamal, the, the Kushner building, the devil building in New York, in Manhattan, 
is underwater by hundreds of millions of dollars. And through Jared Kushner's relationship to the President of the United States, he's been able to broker that relationship to his personal financial gain and to the financial gain of the Kushner companies. And it is interesting, though, that the Kushner companies are being investigated right now by by the State Department, by the Department of Justice, for a scheme of v- cash for visas, you know, that program, and, you know, where his sister went to China basically to try to sell units in one of the Kushner buildings in exchange for being on this special uh, visa program. And so, I mean, that that seems to be beyond just a lie, Jamal. It, it's a level of hypocrisy. Well, I, I think it, it, it's, it's not only a lie, but and not only hypocrisy, it's verging on treason. It's I mean, yeah. here is someone, I mean, Jared Kushner is not only the son-in-law. He is an official of the Trump administration. The Trump administration. He's a senior advisor. He's right. a senior advisor. He's been anointed as the peace broker between Palestinians and Israeli. He's in, he's in fact the envoy to the entire Middle East. He's been the face of the administration in the mid, mid, Middle East in front of the Secretary of State. Right. Uh, you know, and so Jared Kushner's family business, as you correctly said, received a $30 million investment from a major Israeli financial institution shortly. This is, this. we're not talking about 10 years ago. No, recently. Recently, shortly before Kushner traveled to the country as part of President Trump's state visit to Israel last May. And Kushner companies received about $30 million from the Menorah Mivachim. This is, a, 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 this is an executive from the company. Okay. So the investment was for Maryland apartment complexes owned by the Kushner, Kushner companies. C- companies. Uh, you know, so, so, so this deal, number one, didn't appear, according to, you know, now people who are trying to speak. To, to spin it, to violate federal ethics laws, and that Kushner didn't seem to be involved in the deal. He personally, like he plays this game to remove himself, yet he is the head of now he's his, the his his dad passed away. No, so the he, father's still alive. He's, he's in jail. Is he still he, in jail? He's he in jail. Out of jail. Yeah, but so he's been handling, <laughs> he got out of jail, but he's been handling, he's like kind of the brain. And then meanwhile, you know, they received $30 million, right? Unbelievable. And, and then also, the, uh, this is uh, from a report actually from the New York Times. The New York Times previously reported that the family teamed up with a member of a wealthy Israeli family to purchase roughly $200 million in Manhattan apartment buildings. So we have $200 million and we have a $30 million. Now we have $230 million that the Kushner company uh, is receiving is receiving and is being brokered by it Jared do- Kushner. It doesn't end here. Oh, okay. Yes. There's, there's more. The Kushner's companies has also taken out multiple loans from Israel's largest bank. That's one you, the one you're talking about, uh, Bank Abu Alim, and his family's foundation has re- has donated in kind of. Uh, in kind? In kind or quid pro quo. Yeah. Because they're doing all this business. They donated money. And do you know who they donated the money to? Uh, let me guess. Illegal settler colonial projects? That's right. <laughs> they donated money 
to a, a colonial settlement group in the West Bank. So, so, and here, I mean, this guy is part of the administration, is part and parcel of the administration, the administration that's supposed to uh, broker peace between Palestinians and Israelis. What's the saying, Jamal? A fair and honest, impartial, even broker, right? That's, yeah, yeah. that's what they said, yeah. an even and, broker. And so it is not... A, an accident. I mean, when when you have Trump in 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 the White House, you have Jared Kushner who has his ear, not only on a professional level, but he is also his son-in-law. He's involved in all these, uh, you know, dubious uh, financial agreements between. How, how is it not illegal? Uh, well, you know, I mean, that's what they're saying. Well, can for, I just? For I want to add. Oh. And 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 at the same time. He's benefiting. He's 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 donating money to settlements, and few months later, Trump announces that Israel uh, that Jerusalem is the capital. I'm gonna get of to Israel. That. I'm gonna get. I to mean, that. connect the dots. Let's connect and the dots. follow the money. Right, and that's a really good point, Jamal. So here we have Jared Kushner and the Kushner companies benefiting by hundreds of millions of dollars from Kushner's association with the Trumps. As a result of that, we also find that Donald Trump has announced that he'll move the embassy, the U.S. embassy, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And the Palestinians, as, as they should be, have, have squawked about this, as, as they should. I mean, it's just truly outrageous. And then what I would say, Jamal, the coup de grace yesterday... U.S. ambassador to the state of Israel, which I should remind people, what's his name? Friedman. And what does uh, and Friedman? The ambassador Friedman said yesterday he was number one before his appointment, a well-known Zionist, pro-Israel, pro-settlement pro group. Yeah, and then he's the ambassador. He's the he's the impartial ambassador. And his daughter just uh, got her Israeli citizenship about two three months ago, which means she's probably serving in the in the in the Israeli military. Okay, you might you, you may proceed now. <laughs> just just to clarify. So just this. to show what a great and honest broker the United States is, Ambassador Friedman says yesterday, after Jerusalem is announced that they will move, you know, the, the embassy to Jerusalem. And after Donald Trump says Jerusalem is off the table, which means that in any peace negotiation, there's, there's not going to be any discussion about Jerusalem. It's done. Ambassador Friedman yesterday makes this big announcement and says the Palestinians have abandoned the peace process. They abandoned the peace process. <laughs> so as long as we're talking about lies, books, and videotapes, this is what I'm talking about, Jamal, that a complete and utter disregard for reality, for facts, for science, all of that is out the window, that you oppress a people, you move an embassy, you extort and take money, you do all these things, and then you announce— that the Palestinians have walked away from the peace table. And, and, as, and, as, and, and, I think, and I think, by the way, I just should say they should walk away because this is not a peace table, Jamal. This is a stolen table. This is a table of oppression. This is a table of occupation. This is a table of subservience. And yes, the Palestinians should walk away from that humiliation. Well, also, uh, you know, in addition to this, the State Department announced that it was going to stop financial aid to the Palestinians. Right. 
uh, and and the, to UNRWA, and to UNRWA yeah. which is basically punishing the refugees. Of course. And also the financial aid to the Palestinian, you know, authority. In fact, they are going to be cutting the financial aid to NGOs helping Palestinians, but not. I have to repeat, not to, to the, the security, security apparatus. Yeah, you're right. That's basically trains pal- the Palestinian Authority security to be to protect to yeah, protect to protect the, the settlers, settlers here. But uh, w- while we're on this topic, because this also comes uh, the timing for this. Israel announces, although they've been practicing this for many, uh, many years for now, uh, the the names of the organizations, 20 organizations uh, that they have now a list uh, that they will not be allowed to enter the country due to their support to the boycott, divestment and sanctions movement, otherwise known as the BDS against Israel. So they have now... And there's some really... But Jamal, let's be honest. Come on. There's some really uh, xenophobic groups that they've identified. People who have been just really hateful anti-Semitic groups like the Jewish Voice for Peace is on this list. That's what they... I'm being sarcastic, Jamal. I know know you've been... (laughs) Yeah, Jewish Voice for Peace is one of the groups that's on the... That, that is on this list that the Israelis have identified that if you come and try to come into uh, a border and your name is you're associated with um, the leadership of the Jewish Voice for Peace, you will you will be barred entry into the state of Israel. The other group, which is this hateful group, Jamal, you know, which is the Quakers, <laughs> which is the Americans. Well, well, um, well you know, let me we just might say, as well run through. Okay, but through. let me just say something. If you, as a country, are afraid of Quakers, and and you have a problem with the Quakers, you have gone down a moral uh, cesspool of your existence if the Quakers are, you're freaking out about Quakers. Because there's no group, probably worldwide, more committed to nonviolence and peace than Quaker organizations. So here are the American organizations, uh, American Friends Service Committee, and you're talking about the Quakers, uh, Code Pink. Well, that's Medea Benjamin's group. Uh, exactly. And and so they're banned. Okay. Uh, American Muslims for Palestine. Well, makes sense. Jewish Voice for Peace. Yeah. National Students for Justice in Palestine and U.S. Campaign for Palestinian Rights. These are the American organizations now. Any member who belongs to these organizations will be banned from entering but what, uh, Israel. But what kind of country, so-called country, is it, Jamal, if you're afraid of a Quaker organization like American Friends Service Committee? And if you're afraid, as a, as a so-called Jewish state, if you're banning uh, the Jewish Voice for Peace? I mean, I am hoping that this story would get a little bit more traction, Jamal, with the mainstream media, because it paints a picture of reality for every day on the ground in Palestine. And, you know, when, when Ambassador Friedman says the Palestinians have walked away from peace, yet the Israelis insist on, I mean, think about it, on excluding Americans validly being able to enter, uh, you know, through the borders as an American citizen is able to in the state of Israel. So this is really, you know, no one's really... Picking this up in any kind of significant way, did 
did the Times pick it up? I don't know if the New York Times picked this up, Jamal. I don't know if the, the, no, no, the, the, they, it, the New York Times did pick it up. Yeah, okay. it, it, it has been reported and back uh, to to more lies uh, just because there are 2,000 lies and we can't cover all we these. We can't cover them today. So if, uh, if any of our listeners, by the way, you're listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM in San Francisco and the San Francisco Bay Area and to our listeners and viewers on Facebook, uh, Live. Facebook Live. So if you have... Uh, What's your favorite you, you, lie? You want to share more of your favorite lie, please do. But uh, going back to some of the lies, uh, and these are, for example... I'm a stable genius, Jamal. That's yeah, well, my favorite lie. Yeah, well, also about the immigrants and DACA and right. crime and, right. and, and, and drugs, right? That, that basically the wall is going to stop uh, the drug trafficking into, into this country. And so all the experts and analysts, they will tell well, you... the data... Too. And the data that is that this is not the case, uh, and there are of course uh, many many more lies that they've been uh, uh, talking about. All right. Well, um, what's your favorite lie out there on Facebook Live? What is your favorite lie of the Trump administration? Or you can you can send us a message on Twitter, right at. Arab Talk on uh, on Twitter or at Arab Talk Radio on Twitter. So I- I'm sorry to keep beating this dead horse because I don't think this horse is dead, Jamal. About what 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 Jared Kushner? Because I think you remember last week, one of my predictions for 2018 is that Jared Kushner would in fact be indicted in 2018. I think that with the recent releva- revelations of the fact that. He facilitated, you know, benefit to the Kushner family business and the whole issue with the visas. You know, when his sister went to China to sell visas right. for Kushner properties, the first PowerPoint slide had Jared Kushner's name on it. This, and this was, you know, when they were doing their, their, uh, their bit in China. Also, people forget this, Jamal, when Jared Kushner applied for his security clearance— he lied over two hundred. He lied over two hundred times, and neglected. You know, when you lie on a federal form like that to the FBI, it's a felony to lie. Yet he lied over two hundred times because on the clearance application you have to list all foreign contacts. He just happened to forget Jamal, two hundred foreign contacts that he had had. Recently, I mean, these are not like 10, 20, 30 years ago, recent foreign contacts that he failed to disclose on his uh, security clearance application. So I don't know. It looks like it looks like my prediction is, um, I don't know, looking pretty well, good. We, well, we talked about our predictions for 2018 last yeah. year and we our prediction, we in our prediction said, I don't think he'll continue in his current post and maybe he'll end up behind bars. Yeah, but but and then certain. The fa- yeah, then the father can visit him. And yeah, but certainly, certainly, you know, he will be definitely. He'll have to be kind of pushed out or moved away from the White House. Yeah, well, that 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 should be. Uh, we should only be so lucky. We're going to take a uh, brief break here. You've been listening to Arab Talk on. KPOO in San Francisco, we're at 89.5 FM. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Arab Talk on KPOO, San Francisco, 89.5 FM. It's Arab Talk with Justin Jamal. Well, you know, one of the things that I'm I'm concerned about with with all of these things, Jamal, is that the devastating impact that the I mean, here here you have the the Israelis investing in Kushner companies, and then Ambassador, you know, Haley, and the Trump administration decimating UNRWA, and decimating support for the one organization in the United Nations that has been responsible for managing, dealing with medically, administratively, in all sorts of ways with the Palestinian refugees in in Palestine and in Lebanon and what was left of Syria and in Jordan. And, you know, the amount of money that, you know, came from Israel to the Kushners doesn't even come close to the, 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 the small amount that is UNRWA's budget, Jamal. That's, that's the tragedy on this. It's not a lot of money. It's not like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars uh, are going into the owner's budget every year. It's it's probably I think it's only 130 million dollars or something like that. It's a it's a really small sum of money that is, relatively speaking, that is responsible for the millions of Palestinian refugees that are under their, you know, direction and care. Well, I mean, I I agree with you. Uh, the biggest impact will affect the refugees and the most needy ones. However, I have to say, I welcome the fact that the United States will stop sending money or foreign aid to the Palestinian Authority, to Egypt, of course to Israel. If they wanna, if they wanna cut foreign aid, they should cut it across the board. Exactly. But uh, they've created, and meaning they, meaning the United States and other donors, a dependent society. The Palestinian society is very creative. And most of this money does not go to the average Palestinian living That's in right. the West Bank or Gaza. As I've mentioned it so many times, a big chunk of this goes to funding the uh, Palestinian uh, security forces That's right. uh, who are trained basically to protect the Israeli colonial settlers. So Israel has a great deal because this foreign aid uh, just that goes to you know, to the Palestinian Authority, it basically absolves the occupation from spending a dime towards a a whole population uh, that Israel it's keeps right. under 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 their control. Well, I don't know. Japan if Japan sends some money. It, Japan doesn't send money. Japan actually fixes the infrastructure. I'm just that's giving right. you an example. They no, they, right. they 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 uh, repair the roads. Israel is responsible for the roads. Israel. Takes its, you know, its own money or money that it collects from Palestinians through the, the taxation, the Arnona, and they build roads only for settlers right. that Palestinians don't uh, use or utilize. Healthcare for the population, same. same thing. You know, the Palestinians are responsible for the healthcare. The healthcare, who <laughs> basically it's a, it's a kind of decaying infrastructure. This comes from foreign aid from the EU, 
Israel is responsible for this. So I think the best thing that uh, that can happen is let the responsibility of and the cost of the occupation accumulate on Israel and not on the donor countries. That's an interesting point, Jamal. The, the other interesting thing that happened last week, and uh, I'm curious how you followed it because I know you follow the Israeli media more closely than I do, is that the right wing of the Knesset has introduced a bill to basically annex large sections of the West Bank, uh, the settlements. Technically, right now, they're not annexed. They're still part of, you know, the West Bank, technically. But now they're starting to make a move, Jamal. It seems that they would like to formally, legally, which is, you know, I'm using that term in quotes because it's illegal, but they're going to attempt to codify, rather, uh, the Israeli settlements, illegal colonial settlement project, and attempt to annex them. That's no, I have one word uh, for this. It's <laughs> called apartheid. <laughs> Let's uh, not beat around the bush. Yes. I mean, it's already an apartheid system in place that is in place there. And by annexing the settlements, and that's what they want to do, basically bring in those who are Israeli Jews into the state under the control of the state's and controlling basically the entire land, which is the West, West Land, the land between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea, while the Palestinian population, they're outside the realm of the state, they're under occupation, and but they are not citizens, and they have no rights, and they have a different, a different legal system. Even when we talked last week about, for, for example, the case of uh, Ahed uh, Tamimi, the young 16-year-old girl, who is currently still serving in a military prison, who appeared in front of a military judge and compared that to uh, settlers who basically uh, commit crime against Palestinians, they go through the Israeli legal system through the civilian, either civilian court or a criminal court, but never through a military court. So right there you have two legal systems in existence That's right. for two ethnicities. So by doing this, you know, they're, they're basically just putting the approval stamp on the apartheid, apartheid right. with, the, with the basically the blessing of the, the United, United States. States. Well, that's exactly right, Jamal. And um, it's interesting because... Uh, We've we've talked about this quite a bit that um, the current government of the Israeli government right now is not going as fast as Donald Trump is going in terms of fomenting some of these changes in Israeli society. Just like we have here, we have these right wing extremists, and in Israeli society, they control. They're the dominant political controlling party right now. They are even to the right of uh, Bibi Netanyahu, if people can believe that, more out there than Bibi uh, Netanyahu is on, on the right. They will push for this annexation, Jamal. They will, they, will, they will rue the day that they do this for lots and lots of reasons, including, but not the least of which, is the condemnation that will come from the rest of the world, which is starting to to actually happen now, whether or not that's going to translate to any changes on the ground for for Palestinians, it won't. Life on the ground for Palestinians will get worse in the West Bank, in Jerusalem especially, and in Gaza. The situation will continue to deteriorate. By the way, as long as we're talking about Gaza, Gaza's getting less than four hours a day of electricity just because of the, 
you know, the Israelis, you know, take the natural resources from in and around Gaza, whatever it is, the water, the natural gas, whatever. They have destroyed the uh, electrical grid in Gaza or destroyed the electrical, the power plant in Gaza. Then they sell power back to the Palestinians at four times the rate, if not more. And because the Palestinian Authority and Palestinians don't have the money to pay for it, they're, they're running on less than, you know, four hours of electricity a day at a time that is really, really cold, as you know. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cold, and uh, it's the situation there is pretty dire. Well, sadly, Gaza uh, has always been and still is the easy target for Israel uh, to punish, even when uh, the, the problem is not or or an issue does not come out of Gaza, right. they take it on Gaza. Right. And they are caught uh, between a rock and a hard place. Right. They have the border, the Egyptian border, so they get also also uh, squeezed through Egypt. The issue with the electricity, even the people in Gaza, of course, they complain about uh, it's the doing of Israel, but they're also caught in the middle between also the Palestinian Authority or right. the seat in Ramallah in authorizing some of these money transfers that Israel. So imagine this. They are under occupation. They are, I mean, under siege. And the electricity they have to get and buy from their occupier, from their occupier in Israel. And that money has to, be, to get paid by the Palestinian Authority in Ramallah. And the Palestinian Authority in Ramallah sometimes does not have the money or says... Well, because they're getting the money from the Israelis, they're from getting the, the Arnon, from right? the taxes. Right. And, and so, so who pays for that? The, yeah. the people in, in Gaza. Uh, so another interesting topic, just this is in the Israel, because you were talking about the Israeli media and how the U.S. taxpayers' money is well spent in, in Israel besides uh, supporting the building of uh, illegal, illegal settlements and arms, but also, you know, we support their security apparatus like uh, the Mossad and the Shin Bet. Well, the newest uh, uh, fallout or scandal, which I don't think it will last for long, but, you know, you know, the, I don't know if you heard the story about the uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's son who uh, frequented the prostitutes right. for, I, for so many years and went to strip clubs, uh, you know, and in a recording, you know, this is the corruption talking about, again, the corruption also within the Israeli government in a recent recording of the young Netanyahu during which uh, he was leaving a strip club. Um, you know, his, the name of his son, Yair, Yair Netanyahu, uh, told uh, the son of uh, Israeli gas tycoon Kobe Maimon, this is the, reco- the recording, my dad set up $20 billion for your dad and you're fighting with me about 400 shekels. About this is about $115. Uh, so they were fighting over who was going to be paying for the prostitute. They were going together to see a prostitute. Uh, This is what was the 400 shekels for. But if you want, I'll fix you up with my girlfriend. Uh, And another crazy thing. But anyway, this uh, was reported. And and who was guarding uh, Netanyahu and who, while you know, supposedly throughout his... No, who was it? It's always his accompanied by two shin bet. Ah. officers who uh, and a driver 
funded by the state. Funded by the U.S. Uh, while he uh, frequented uh, these uh, clubs. nightclubs. So this is, uh, you know. And this is a country that is fearing the Quakers. Speaking of. Well, I mean, this is a country that receives the most amount of U.S. aid in history. Ever. In the history of the U.S. aid. Right. For a country where the son of the prime minister has enough money to, to frequent strip clubs. Strip, strip clubs. So, Jamal, one other thing in terms of monitoring the Israeli media. One thing that happened this week that didn't get a lot of play in the U.S. media was Israeli warplanes um, flying into uh, Syria over Damascus and bombing uh, milita- so-called military and I think civilian installations associated with Bashar al-Assad. I didn't see much in the American media picking that up, Jamal, but this is, again, part of the larger strategic uh, military machine in terms of destabilizing the region, That the Isra- this dirty game that the Israelis continue to play. Did you read about it much in the Israeli media this week? That Yeah, I mean, this, is, uh, this story was, was well covered, and Israel actually has the... Uh, carte blanche, and it, it has been doing it for years, flying over Lebanese territory, uh, flying over Syrian territory, uh, no one there to stop it. The only thing that they have been doing recently is sometimes warning or coordinating with the Russians over Syria. So the only thing they try to avoid when they do these things is having a confrontation with, with Russian Russian planes, but uh, this is not the first time that the Israelis were, uh, flew in to bomb targets uh, in Syria, which is actually Syria. This, the, the story of uh, Syria by itself is... Uh, catastrophic. It's really catastrophic. I mean, this is, this is one of uh, the worst humanitarian uh, issues now that we are facing. And if anything, if you remember last year, we used to cover Syria quite a bit, and the year before, we still cover it, but it's absent, really absent no. from from uh, most me- media outlets now. People almost uh, got, uh, uh, you know, used to it, having the amount of refugees. This is a country, half of its population is either internally displaced or uh, or is a refugee in other countries. I just I just read uh, you know from my Twitter feed from time to time something like you know 200 uh, or 25 uh, uh, you know Syrians drowned in the Mediterranean when their boat caps, capsizes but you don't hear you don't hear it about the daily suffering and the bombing by everyone they're getting the Syrian population they're getting killed hit uh, by like so many, everybody. so many players, and so. Well, speak th- then that ties into the the next big lie, Jamal, of of the Trump administration. They did in this last week also announce that they have defeated ISIS. Yeah, and and that's that's this is actually not only through Trump, but his spokeswoman. She's always saying this. Uh, she's always saying, "Look, you know, ISIS. I've he- I've heard actually." Uh, Kellyanne Conway just yesterday talking about uh, big wins against ISIS. I don't know what she means by this. I don't know what it is That we don't either. have problems right here in the United States because of ISIS or less in Europe. But 
the Syrians are getting <laughs> killed. Yeah, literally killed. <laughs> killed on a, you know, daily basis. But, but to say that they've defeated ISIS not 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 is not just I, a lie, I, Jamal. It's uh, categorically disingenuous to the point that the idea being spread that they have defeated ISIS actually emboldens ISIS because we know if you're paying attention to the nature of asymmetric warfare, what happens, they haven't defeated ISIS, Jamal. They have estimated that upwards of 20,000 ISIS fighters have gone underground and are, you know, just not taking up the fight in any kind of direct way. So to go from 20,000 fighters going underground to we've defeated ISIS, I think is 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 really dangerous, actually. It's really, it, it's, I mean, I think it's actually immoral to, to kind of go down that path, but it actually creates a very dangerous kind of sense of, okay, we won, quote, that war. Well, also, the... Uh the misleading statement, it's not about whether that this war is gone or the United States defeated ISIS. The big thing is you have so many actors, even when ISIS is on the retreat, be it in Syria or in Iraq, but let's say take the example of Syria. The reason they are on the retreat, it's because you have Hezbollah and, the, and, and Iranian That's help. That's right. It's because you have air support from the Russians and right. you have also a, a major campaign by the Syrian army. That's right. So it is not because, I mean, the equation is... is and also the Kurdish uh, and the Kur Yeah, I mean, things have been shifting on the ground Dramatic. in, dramatically because you have all these players. It's not because the United States single-handedly uh, defeated them. Right. Uh, no, that's you know, a very good point. The United States is more is more involved in Iraq, but to a less and less very small degree in uh, in Syria. So where where a lot of these ISIS fighters have gone, Jamal, they've they've gone to Afghanistan, they have gone to Libya, they've gone to not just North Africa, but they've gone to Africa proper. They are, you know multiplying and growing and this is part of the problem of the idea the false idea another kind of lie that you can def you can defeat this insurgency this uh this kind of these uh, insurgent activities militarily and you can't we yeah, know that yeah yeah i mean taking credit for something you haven't done done that's another lie uh we have about a few minutes left and i want to uh, quickly uh, talk about two things that also happened this week yeah. and, and link it also quickly. to our title of our show. We talked about the book, which we spoke a little bit about last week. We're not gonna, we, we've, we've used some of the quotes in the book and we've mentioned lies, which we've been talking about lies, the book and the videotapes and the videotape story that I wanted to bring out of uh, Israel. Yeah, and which also one? the picture and this is something to do with uh, Mr. and comedian Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, I was hoping you would bring that you know, up. Recently, and I, I will show the post to our viewers I, this uh, was a, on Facebook. So Jerry Seinfeld uh, decided that he and his family and his children, he has some young children, decided to go to an illegal 
uh, settler colonial outpost in the West Bank and do an, and, and join one of the, the uh, what is it called, uh, fight the terrorist camp? Fight the terrorist. Well, my only interpretation, he's posing, carrying a machine gun uh, with one of the trainers there who is a, a both, you can say even a former Israeli army because, yeah, it's not because they are all on active yeah. duty or in the reserves. He's, uh, you know, holding a gun, a machine gun. He's bringing his kids also. They're, they're holding guns, playing games. And my only interpretation of these pictures, and this is really disappointing, is that Jerry Seinfeld thinks that it is entertaining to kill Palestinians and steal their land. And it's entertaining to somehow take your children and teach them that using weapons to kill Palestinians is somehow a good thing. I mean, it's really outrageous that that he was posting and celebrating going to this uh, this this illegal settler colonial outpost. And by the way, for Jerry Seinfeld fans, not only did he go to this camp, but he also did a show in one of the auditoriums of, of one of the illegal settlements also. So it was kind of uh, a twofer for uh, Jerry Seinfeld and the settlements. Hey, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate you. Send us your comments to ArabTalk at KPOO.com. Send us Twitter. Go to Facebook, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.